Now let's take a look at the bigger picture. Harley Bassman's with us, managing partner, Simplify Asset Management. Harley, thanks so much for being with us. So as we're talking, um, the Dow just dropped even further. Now it's down over 700 points. It's the worst uh, day of the week here. We've erased the gains. Well, what gives? Because basically the S&P 500 is back to the lows that we saw last summer, or the level, the level that we saw last summer. So all the excitement gone. I, I think the, uh, well, thank you. Good morning, good afternoon, welcome. Uh, I, th I think the big concept here is the, um, the movement of the yield curve, the rotation of the yield curve. Um, usually you see when the Fed's about to go take rates up, all rates will rise. The, the two-year might rise more than the 30-year, but they both rise together. We've seen this where two's up and bonds down. Usually that happens at the end of the cycle, the end of the Fed uh, rate cycle. It's happening before even the first moves occurred, which is very, very strange and, and creates a lot of volatility. So we were just talking about the 30-year, the five-year, the 10-year which are all around this 3% level. Um, you're saying that uh, there's no inversions of yield curves, not now. So what is it, the distinction between these that you're looking for? Well, I, I mean, I think that if you look into forward space, so where, where the futures market might be, you have a deep inversion in the market. And when you get that kind of inversion, usually you get a recession that comes up 12 to 16 months later. Uh, I think the equity market is looking at that and being very worried. Um, it has not happened yet in the current market, but it's uh, it's happening in forward space. And what's driving part of this is there's a lot of um, derivatives in the market embedded in structured notes where Wall Street is short optionality on the yield curve. And I think that's exacerbating this volatility. And, and when you get a situation where the front end of the curve goes up and the back end goes down or vice versa, you have curve rotation. Um, that's almost unhedgeable risk for a lot of people, and it also gives a very mixed signal for people. So I think you're seeing the concern there. I mean, you notice the move index, the VIX for bonds, is now clipping along at 130. Um, the move at 130 is kind of like the VIX up in the mid-40s. And, you know, the VIX right now is about 26. That's not that big a move, and the VIX was at 20 just like two days ago. So you see a disconnect between the bond market and the equity market the bond market usually is ahead uh, of, of things for various reasons uh, by, by a year or so. And uh, I think the equity market is kind of looking at that saying, well, maybe we should be worried. Right. And so at this point now, you have investors wanting to know where to park their money because, um, you know, if you had a 60-40 portfolio or you had different sectors, I mean, at least today, pretty much there's nowhere to make money. Um, you know, there are some bigger risks. And there are ways to sort of play it or maybe move with inflation or higher rates. How, what would you suggest? If people are looking to go and maintain 60, 40, 70, 30, whatever it might be, uh, I might move actually some of your either, either bond money or equity money into the mortgage market. Uh, you could buy a Fannie 4 right now, which is effectively government guaranteed at 99 and change. Uh, that's 110 basis points over treasuries. Um, and they're trading at a discount to, to par, so the convexity is not that bad. Um, the mortgage market um, was the first one out the door. Uh, mortgages were trading 40 or 50 basis points over treasuries. They're now like 110. That is a massive disconnect here because the long-term average is 75. So um, if I wanted to go and allocate money into bonds, um, I would sell treasuries and buy mortgages, or I'd sell equities and buy mortgages. I, I, I think they're a pretty good value right now. If you look at the long-term charts. 
So you're getting, you're saying to move some money out of my equity investment or out of a bond investment because you're, you're not really getting that much at this moment and move to the world of mortgages. Now, when you see, um, for example, a 30-year mortgage, right, at five and a quarter, what does that tell you about the consumer, home sales, um, and our economy? Clearly, the equity market is, is cluing off that right now because you know the, the entire home sector is a huge part of the economy, not just the building and the selling, but the washing machines and everything else that goes with it. Um, nobody buys a house, okay? Maybe rich people do it. No one buys a house. They sign up for a 30-year stream of payments. And if you can afford 2000 a month, you can back into what size house you can buy. As a matter of fact, if you look at the last two years, the elevation in housing prices of 18 to 22%, depending upon which, you know, survey you use, um, almost that entire increase was driven by Fed taking rates down by 200 basis points years prior. So theoretically, you're going to see a, well, not a quick halt, but a slowdown in the housing market, which will then feed through the entire economy. So there's no question that, that you watching the housing market and the retail mortgage rate um, is, is, is very important. I think you're spot on. Right, right. Thank you for that. Um, also, Tell me about other things like the reopening trade. You know, are you a believer in, in trying to get in something like, you know, the airlines or cruise lines or hotels or booking or is it shopping? Is there anything that you're tying into a world that seems to be a little more normal in the next six or 12 months? Are there investment plays there? Difficult to call. I mean, I mean, it, it's pretty well, you know, established that we're opening up, whether the, 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 the CDC changes their rules or not. Uh, and and so the question is, do you believe the markets are efficient? That the this trade's already occurred? Uh, that, that's unclear to me. I think what's more important is how high will rates actually go in this cycle? And I don't mean the two-year rate. I mean how far will the ten-year rate go? If it starts getting up towards four percent, like that's going to be very challenging for uh, for the entire financial market. Uh, at, at that point, you see very strange things happen with the relationship between stocks and bonds. You know, rates being low and inflation being kind of high is actually good for stocks because they could raise their prices and the discounting, the borrowing cost hasn't changed that much. That's good. It's when you get rates up above foreign change that those two start to inflect upon each other and cross over. And, and if we got rates, 10-year rates above four, uh, That'd be a sad day for equities. So what people are paying as far as rates, right? I mean, ultimately, everything's heading higher, whether it's, I mean, everything's higher. I mean, forget about the gas pump and the, and the grocery store. Insurance rates are going up. Um, your lease is going up for your car. Rent has been going up. Um, insurance, everything that you pay is more. And there just is no reprieve. Not yet. I mean, theoretically, the Fed is going to go and try and cool things down by raising rates, slowing the economy. And truth be told, they're going to do a, a trade between employment and inflation, the old Phillips curve. People believe in that. Some people don't. But that is the old, uh, the old trade-off. Um, maybe that occurs. Maybe it doesn't. But there's still an awful lot of money out there that was created and printed and, um, and not spent. So there's plenty of firepower. Uh, households are, are extraordinarily unlevered. Uh, with, with borrowing power. So um, it's unclear that how fast they're going to stop this thing. Um, we really got to think about when we look at GDP and people talking about stagflation or, 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 or slowing the economy down, 
What's more important than the actual real GDP is the nominal. We had nominal GDP of 11%. So, so <coughs> for nominal GDP, the real number plus the inflation number. We could take, you know, GDP to one, a half, and we yeah, can still have yeah. a 5% uh, nominal number, and that's, that's still growing the economy pretty quickly. Right. And now we have to see what kind of landing we have. We'll have more to talk about, Harley, going forward, you know, because there's a lot of people who are worried about slowdowns or recession, um, depending on what the Fed does and how it's received. You know, is it a soft landing, which is maybe tough for them to accomplish? Harley Bassman, thank you. Managing partner at Simplify Asset Management. Nice to see you.